Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. On this serving of Business Soup, my longtime friend, John Van Zanti, will be joining us from Rancho Coastal Humane Society. We're going to be talking about how you can change the world one animal at a time. My friend John has dedicated his life to making sure that these animals find their forever homes. Well, because this is a business show, we're going to share with you how you can change the world, put a smile on a child's face, and bring attention to your business. So pull up a chair, sit on down, and if you feed the dog from the table, that's your choice. But we're serving up some business with a little puppy and kitten on the side. John, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. John, thanks very much. An honor to be with you. John, you and I go back more than a couple decades, I'm afraid to say, back when we both had hair, and I think we both looked like Magnum P.I. at one point with our big (laughs) bushy mustaches. You went from radio production. You were my first board operator. I think you were the first one that told me, John, you're on that side of the glass. You have one button. I'll push the others. You didn't want me touching anything else. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't touch that. You don't know where it's been. But uh, yeah, yeah, you came to us at a radio station here in San Diego with an idea for a talk show. It worked well. We were primarily business and financial talk radio. Uh, you had a great idea. We put you on the air. The show was just gangbusters here in San Diego. And then after that, uh, you branched out on your own, got your own studio, went national, and now here we are worldwide. That's right. We are on the World Wide Web. What I love about the podcasting world is that I can go 10 minutes, I can go two hours. But in my audience of small business owners, they like to get to the point and find out what is it that John is doing that their business can benefit from. You went from being behind the glass, being on the other side of the glass, to into the nonprofit and supporting of Pets Forever, How did that happen? At that time, the Federal Communications Commission had changed a bunch of rules. And instead of one organization being able to own 9 a.m. and 9 f.m., all of a sudden you've got these organizations that are owning a thousand radio stations. And uh, at one point I was sitting at my desk and I thought, in the last 18 months, I've worked for three different corporations. I've run five different radio stations, and I never even changed chairs. <laughs> yes. And I thought the, the way this is going, it seemed at that point that there would eventually become fewer jobs and fewer jobs. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I can take the experience that I have, just like you did when you started your first talk show, take the experience that I have, use it someplace else, and uh, help other people. And that was... Uh, in 1999, and it ended up it was a good move. And so you moved into the nonprofit realm, as I understand, and you started helping people adopting pets. That's what you're doing now is that you're providing forever homes. You're, you've got the dream job of taking pets and giving them forever homes. How does that feel? Well, that change from for-profit, which commercial broadcasting was very much for-profit, into nonprofit. Uh, I would remiss if I didn't mention that there was a little bit of culture shock there. (laughs) John, you know how it was when the ratings came out with the show we worked on together. Uh, It was all about the ratings and how many people were watching, what we could generate as far as advertisers. You go into nonprofit, but I soon learned that 
nonprofit business is still business. But instead of waiting for the ratings book to come out, instead of looking at the sales figures for the month, we're taking a look at how many pets did we find homes for? How many pets did people bring to us and trust us to find homes for their pets? How many kids do we have coming in for our humane education programs? So nonprofit business is still business. You just need to look at it a little differently. Well, sure. And in your case, it's a registered nonprofit. Whereas in my case, my horse business was not registered, but it was still nonprofit. Completely different arena. And it was a hobby that I turned into my business. And you and I both have passion for animals. Mine has always been around the horses. But when you have horses, you got dogs. You now are involved with the Rancho Coastal Humane Society. What is that all about? Rancho Coastal Humane Society. Here in San Diego, if you talk about the 5 or the 805, two of the main freeways, along Interstate 5, if you look to the right, you see this animal shelter, and that's us. But I have a picture from 1961 in the back where our military working dog memorial is, the only private right. military working dog memorial west of the Mississippi. But I have a picture from 1961 with a horse, a couple geese, a dirt path, and a Dodge Dart. The dirt path is still there, but now it's paved, and we call it Interstate 5. <laughs> uh, so that's that's how long Rancho Coastal Humane Society has been there. Back then, there were seals and foxes and possums that were the neighborhood wildlife. And eventually, as the community grew up the hill from Moonlight Beach and around the shelter, uh, our focus became more dogs and cats and a few rabbits along the way. Now, they don't have a choice. A dog or a cat that has run away, been strayed, been dumped off, been surrendered by its owner, they don't have a choice. And they don't know what's going on. That dog that's lived with the same person for its whole life and the owner passes away. And all of a sudden this dog is going, wait a minute, what happened to my person? That's right. There's my yard. Who are all these other people? And so that's what we do. I always say, John, that we like to match the needs of the pet with the desires of the family. And when people come in, they say, well, what should we do? Uh, the first thing I say is go online or come into the shelter, download an application, an adoption application. A lot of times it's people who are there to get their first pet. Sometimes it's people who say, oh, we had a puppy. We had him 15 years. He died. We want to get a new puppy. And it is amazing how much you forget about puppies in 15 years <laughs> and the needs that they have. So I always tell people, sit at home, have a discussion. Don't talk at your family. Talk with your family. Uh, I saw a thing a couple of years ago. Mom and dad and two kids came in. Mom and the son wanted a dog. Dad and the daughter wanted a kitten. And instead of having this really happy moment where they come in and pick out the pet, we match them with the one that fits their home and their lifestyle. Instead, they stood in the parking lot and had a huge argument. So download the application, fill it out at home, have a family discussion about what you want to get. And then when you get to the shelter, whether it's Rancho Coastal Humane Society or any of the shelters and rescues around the world where people are listening to us right now, Go in, take a look, but then talk to one of the adoption counselors. Tell them about yourself. Tell them about your lifestyle. Sure. Well, it's kind of like after you've had kids and you go, you know what? Let's have another kid. It's like having a puppy. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, you forget a lot of things that happened during them in the preteen days, and then they get to the teenage, and then, you know, you want to trade them in for another puppy. They turn into space aliens at that point <laughs> because you don't speak the same language, and uh, they give you these treacherous stares. Then tell the adoption counselor about yourself. We don't know you, but we do know the animals. We know which ones gets along with other animals, which ones prefer children, which ones prefer male or female, or if they're okay with everybody. We can generally tell you which dogs and cats get along with each other. If we don't know that, we'll do a test there at the shelter. If there's going to be a mistake, we want it to happen at the shelter or, or a conflict. We don't want it to happen in your living room. We don't want you to get up and go to church on Sunday morning and leave your dog that you've had and your new dog in the living room and that's when they decide to spend an hour figuring out who's the alpha so again we don't know the people but we do know the animals so you tell us about yourself and let our adoption counselors say you know what this dog over here might be a good match for you oh sure and they qualify the people it's just not come one come all and take whatever you now have to do as you pointed out the application which you download and then you go through the process, which is good because there's been a lot of people that have taken advantage of the shelter animals for nefarious things. And we're talking with John Van Zanti from the Rancho Coastal Humane Society. And John, before I get into the business side of it for my audience of businesses, there are those occasions when we find a panic dog on a road, side road or a trail or something. Somehow we manage to capture that dog and we still have all our fingers and the dog is okay. What do we do with that dog? Do we call Rancho Coastal? Where do we go with it? First of all, be safe. I know here in San Diego County, if you would call the Department of Animal Services, I'd say there's a stray dog in my neighborhood. They will tell you, get it into your your yard, get it into your driveway, get it into your garage. Those old cartoons, like when we were kids and they'd show the dog catcher running through the neighborhood with the big net. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah. So they want you to confine it as best you can. Right. Confine it. Be safe. Don't bring it in and automatically expose it to your animals. But once you get it contained, call them. They'll send out an officer. The officer's job is to rescue the pet. They're not coming out to get rid of it. They're coming out to rescue it. In a lot of cases, we get people that will drive up to Rancho Coastal Humane Society and they'll say, there's this dog. He was running loose in my neighborhood. I opened the car door this morning and he jumped in. So obviously he wanted to go for a ride in the car. Uh, so the, they said, he's in my car. And we go out and we run a check for a microchip. Right. That is microchipped, and the information on the account is is up to date. It's as simple as a phone call and saying, hey, we got your pet. It got out. So microchips save lives, and they reunite families. But again, be safe. Every veterinarian has a microchip scanner, and if they find a microchip, they can call the owner. So again, be safe, and remember the goal is to reunite the pet with its family. We're speaking with John Van Zanti. He and I go back many years, back to the early days of my business soup, and he was on the other side of the glass, producer and all kinds of other tasks that go with being in the building. 
John, my audience of small business owners might see Rancho Coastal or their local humane society, whether private or public, as an opportunity to bring people into their business. I see this happen all the time. It's like a, a great way to introduce your business to the community by asking you to come out and do an adoption. Does that work for the pets as well as the businesses? Yes, it does. One of the things that animal shelters and pet rescues have for many years fallen short of is that we would go to a pet supply store. We would go to the the traditional places, the store that sells dog food or cat food, feed and grain place where you can pick up your alfalfa hay and your straw. Oh, yeah. Several years ago, we had an event and uh, our person who was generating sponsorships was saying, well, I called this pet supply, I called this, I called this. And I said, let's think back to our fundraising event from last year. I said, how did people get to our fundraising event? He said, well, they drove their cars. I said, oh, so we can assume that people who own pets drive cars. How did their hair look? Oh, everybody's hair looked great. So they go to a barber or a hairstylist. I'm, I'm seeing a theme here. Was everybody dressed? And he laughed and he said, yes, nobody showed up naked. So pet owners wear clothing. Where do they live? Well, they live in houses and apartments and condos. So we can assume that people who have pets, not everybody, homeless people have pets too. But so we kind of restricted ourselves as far as sponsorships and partnerships with businesses because we went for the traditional pet supply shops and sure. things like that. So, uh, and um, we've done a few projects with Nissan Corporation the last few years. And I can remember several years ago, like 20 years ago, Nissan did a survey and they found out that 85% of the people who drove Nissan trucks had dogs. Well, being a Ford truck driver, 100% of the Ford drivers have a dog, at least one. Yes, but that's the thing is that, okay, this last year, my 18-year-old truck with almost 300,000 miles on it, I thought, you know, it's not going to last forever. So I went out and and uh, started looking for cars. Uh, Nick Miles, the automotive expert for Fox News, uh, yes. Nick and I have been friends over the years, and I said to Nick, I need to look, but I kind of hate the car buying experience. And I said, most importantly, I want to make sure that whatever car I buy or whatever truck I buy suits my dog. Nick said, yes, that's most important. He said, your kids are grown up, but it needs to be something that no, I've got an 80-pound dog. Uh, my girlfriend's dog is 65 pounds. So we need a vehicle that can handle Barbara and me and 145 pounds of dogs. And I said, well, how do I do that? And Nick said, when you go shopping, take your dog along. And I said, well, they won't let my dog in the car. And Nick said, if they won't let you try your dog in the car, leave. That <laughs> will. Because, and like with me, I drive about 300 miles a week. My dog is with me about 250 miles a week. I need to make sure that I have a vehicle that my dog fits in. So, uh, so well, with those two beasts, it sounds like you need a crew cab dually. <laughs> well, I also need something that gets uh, gets good gas mileage. But uh, things like that. And it was interesting. The car that I eventually bought went in, and ex- he did exactly the same thing that we encourage people to do uh, when they come into the shelter to adopt a pet. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your lifestyle. 
how much do you work? How much do you drive? And the car salesman that I worked with said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Do you drive a lot? Uh, do you have kids that go along with you? And then it was like the light bulb must have gone off over my head and the bells went ding, 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 ding. Because he said, do you have a dog that goes in the car with you? Again, back to the thing about the sponsorship. We go to, we take pets, adoptable pets to street fairs, uh, to, to businesses. Another thing that we do, John, is the adoptable pet of the week, which we alternate. So it's a dog one week and a cat the next week. And real estate agents have told us that the hardest thing is to get somebody to log onto their website the first time. Right. And the second hardest thing is to get somebody to log onto their website the second time. <laughs> so yes. we send them the adoptable pet of the week. They put it on the homepage of their website. I saw some statistics a few years ago that young families with small children, 65% of them get a new pet within six months after they move into their new home. Sure. The kids go, can we get a puppy? Can we get a kitten? And mom and dad are concerned about the house. Well, after we move. <laughs> the kids remember that promise. And so as somebody logs onto their website and they go, oh, they've got a pet available for adoption there. And then the next week they log on to see the pet again. And this is my story. This is what the real estate agents tell me. The next week they log on to see the pet and they go, you know, let's see if they've got new new listings. So we're using that pet of the week as a marketing tool to get potential home buyers to keep logging on to their website. Well, that could work for any business because as I've said since the days that I first met you, that distribution is the most important part of any business because without it, you've got nothing. And so if people don't know about your business or in the case of about your animals that are being adopted, they're not going to be adopted unless somebody sees them. And that's distribution. And you've done a good job by aligning yourself with realtors or any other business that wants to drive traffic to their business without being inhumane, to the, certainly to any of the dogs or cats. John, another thing is for people to remember, we are a nonprofit. We survive on some dollars that we make from fundraising events. Pet adoption is always a money loser. Our highest adoption fee is for a puppy. It's $195. Vaccines, medical, behavioral exams, uh, up-to-date vaccinations, spay, neuter, microchip. And our highest fee of $195 for a puppy six months or less. At the same time, we have more than $400 invested in that puppy before it walks out the door. So the people that go, oh, you shelters make so much money off adoptions. No, we lose money on every single one. You make it up through donations from private parties and businesses that... We work with Rescue Bank at greatergood.org. And what they do is just say you have a, a pet food supplier that has food sitting in a warehouse and the expiration date is in three months. If they take that and they put that on the shelves at the grocery store, the pet supply shop, people are going to go, oh, this expires in three months. Well, actually, it's good for a year after that best buy date. But Rescue Bank at greatergood.org works with these corporations and they have certain shelters around the country that they trust 
to do the distribution for them. Rancho Coastal Humane Society, which is one of only five working animal shelters in the United States with the perfect 100 point rating from Charity Navigator, they trust us. We do that. The rescues come out. They have to be registered 501c3 nonprofits. We distribute the food for them. Generally, the rescues pay the shipping, which is 20 cents a pound. So you figure if they come out and get 100 pounds of dog food, they pay 20 bucks. And uh, during emergency situations, disasters, fires, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, coronavirus, they pay the shipping cost. We just do the distribution for them. It looks good for them because here's this food manufacturer that just donated 20 tons of pet food to nonprofit rescue organizations. And somebody said to me a while back, we have a, a website locally here in San Diego where we post the pet of the week in our activities. And somebody said, how much good does that really do? I said, I don't care. It only takes one person to adopt that pet and say, I would like to sponsor that event. It only takes one person to send their child to summer camp and change their life. And we get to do that. How great is that? We have the coolest jobs ever, John. And you've been doing this cool job for the longest time. And John, I want to thank you for being a part of Business Soup. I could talk about this and horses and dogs and cats forever. (laughs) But I've got an audience that's small business owners, and I see an opportunity for anyone across the country to utilize a great resource, which is your organization, such as the Rancho Coastal Humane Society or the one nearest you and set up a program where you can either use the images and adopt the uh, the pet of the week and use that to drive traffic to your business and also support them because there's nothing like being able to assist in watching a pet get its forever home. One more thing, if I may. Absolutely. Small business owners for any size business owners, or for somebody who's not a business owner at all, but they have an idea and they say, I wonder what would happen at my local shelter. I wonder what would happen at the, at the pet rescue that I see outside the grocery store every Saturday if I could get a group of people together and we could make dog beds. I wonder what would happen if once a month my church or my PTA We held a pet food drive. Don't just rely on our ideas. Your ideas matter too. And we get people that uh, came in and said, we would like to make cat comforters. And we said, what is your organization? And she said, it's a bunch of us in my sewing club. Could you use some cat comforters? Yes, they came up with an idea that we didn't have. The cats love it. They settle in. Don't just rely on us for ideas. If you have an idea, share it with it. Save a life. Well, if that isn't the best lead into Biz Soup, the first thing you have to do with an idea is write it down. And after you write it down, you have to set a timeline. That becomes a goal. And when you execute it, that becomes a business, a success. And John, thank you so much for joining us here on this Serving of Business Soup in support of the Rancho Coastal Humane Society. You've done a great job. Keep up the good work and get yourself a bigger truck. John, thank you very much. It's an honor to be on the air with you again. Let's not wait another 25 years. No, we don't have that time frame. I look forward to the next time. John, from Rancho Coastal Humane Society, thank you for being a part of Business Soup. Thank you. 
This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.